0: Mora conducts physician-led support groups, helping people live healthier, happier lives, free from chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, and obesity. And on our podcast, Health and Mora with Dr. Lori Marbus, we bring to you nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests to empower and inspire you with their knowledge and stories of plant-based lifestyle so that you can be your healthiest self. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and today I'm super excited to welcome Leif Arneson. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm really great. Thank you for having me.
0: No, this is great. And you are from the vegan gym, which we'll get to in a second and a lot of great work that you're doing. But um, you have a really incredible story of how your plant-based journey began. But so can we go back to, you know, you were a young man and what happened in your life to turn things around?
1: Yeah, so I was uh, going through college. I was studying engineering and finance and I just, um, I was Really interested in nutrition, but I had been kind of led to believe that a uh, very meat-centric diet was necessary to get the uh, kind of uh, to build muscle and develop the physique that I really wanted to have. And I started kind of getting into bodybuilding throughout college. And that was kind of my core goal. I wanted to build muscle. I wanted to kind of look better. I had uh, previously kind of really struggled with um, low confidence and stuff. And I just saw this as a way to kind of break out of that and start kind of proving to myself that I was uh, able to uh, go out and accomplish these fitness goals that, previously I hadn't thought were possible for me. So I started just getting really into reading like bodybuilding forums and going down uh, the rabbit hole of like bodybuilding nutrition and just listening to who knows who online uh, on various blogs and stuff like that. So I started consuming lots of animal products. And that uh, continued for a few years until um, in... August of 2013, I was just getting ready to enter my senior year of college. And I had been dealing with uh, a lump that was just kind of right under my belt buckle. And I had been dealing with that uh, for a few months. And I went to my primary care physician and he said, oh, don't really worry about it. It's just a harmless cyst. It's nothing you need to worry about but uh it started growing a little bit and it just became really uncomfortable when i was sitting like i would wear uh belts and it when i sat down like it would push against uh this lump and mm-hmm. anyways i decided that i just wanted this to be removed so i ended up um given its placement uh i started um i visited a uh urologist and we just um he uh, saw the he examined the lump and he wasn't convinced that it was a cyst, but he's like, okay, let's uh let's go ahead. We'll schedule for surgery and then we'll do a biopsy after and we'll we'll figure this out. I wasn't too concerned. I was pretty uh, certain that it was um with just a harmless cyst, as as I was told. And ended up getting the surgery. And uh, about a week later, the biopsy results came back. And I got a call from uh, this uh, urologist, uh, who also performed the surgery. And he said, your biopsy results came back, and uh, I need you to come into the office to talk about them. And of course, that's nothing that anyone wants to hear. And it just, uh, it didn't sound good. So we I ended up going to the office like the next day or or two days after that. And uh, he sat me down and the first thing he said is um, we got the biopsy results back and uh, it came back that um, this lump was actually a rare form of cancer uh, known as Langerhans cell histiocytosis. And I don't remember any other parts of the conversation because I just... Um, my memory just kind of went, went, uh, went black, but it, um, I was 21 years old and I had just, uh, been told that I, um, was diagnosed with cancer. And of course I had already had the surgery. So, um, we didn't actually really know what my status was, um, in terms of, uh, any kind of, um, uh, whether the cancer had spread or anything like that. So I ended up, um, given the rare nature of uh, this type of cancer that I had, um, I was connected with an oncologist um, located in uh, Annapolis, uh, which was about a three-hour drive for, for me. And we, my mom and I uh, ended up going there for our first appointment. And I just, I went through like a really dark time. Um, over the course of about a month, where uh, there were just lots of unknowns, um, we started scheduling out all of these uh, various tests. Uh, so I got a bunch of scans done, um, and I I got uh, some other biopsies done. I got um, I and. Yeah. Like, uh, I got my first spinal tap, which was terribly uncomfortable.
0: Mm. <laughs> uh, first. It, I hope that was wouldn't your recommend last. It?
1: <laughs> first and last. Yeah. Um, wouldn't recommend it, but mm. yeah, I just went through this, uh, um, this period and at the, by that time I had been going back to school. Uh, so this was in September of 2013. So I had started going back to my classes and I just really couldn't focus. And um yeah I just I I was really overwhelmed by everything that I was going through at that time mm-hmm. and I ended up I uh, getting all these results back and it turns out that uh the cancer hadn't had a chance to spread and I had no other uh signs of cancer in my body and that was um a really um it's hard to describe any of those feelings unless you've gone through yourself. And I, what I would really, what I've always since then tried to convey to people is, is the importance of your health and understanding that if you don't have your health, you truly don't have anything. And it's unfortunate that I, that most people don't really seem to understand that until they have, until they go through a a serious kind of health scare. Mm. And mm. if there was one thing that I could share with your audience, it's just um I guess people who are already listening to your podcast are already probably more health conscious. So kudos to you for that. Mm. But it um yeah if you don't have your health you don't have anything. And that's um that's something that's really important to always keep in mind. So mm. that's what I went through. And then after that experience, I realized the importance of my health. I realized the, and then I, I, I got to a point where I just said to myself, I will do whatever it takes to never experience that again. I don't care what I have to do. I will do anything to never experience that again, because that was traumatic to say the mm-hmm. least. So I said, all right, I'm going to uh, dive into the research surrounding cancer and other um, kind of serious uh, uh, medical conditions and diseases and figure out how to pre- prevent this moving forward. And up until that point, I was firmly a believer of your genes or your destiny. If you're, <laughs> If your family has cancer, then you're going to have cancer. And by the way, there had been no history of cancer in my family. Wow. So that, um, I guess that, that kind of helped dispel that myth. But um, I just, I realized that um, through this process of researching that we all have the power to take our health into our own hands. And when um, there's lots of research that I found published on the topic of cancer or heart disease, Alzheimer's, all of these. Uh, kind of conditions that are often chalked up to being just uh, genetics or bad luck, and I realized that somewhere on the order of five to ten percent of uh, these cases of these diseases can be in some way attributed to uh, your genes. Mm-hmm. So, what are we doing with the other ninety-five percent of that? And it turns out that is all within our our power. We can decide how we want to eat. We want to, we can decide how we want to be active and move our bodies. We can decide what kinds of uh, health practices we want to have when it comes to our hydration, our sleep, Um, all these other lifestyle factors that have a monumental impact on how your uh, long-term health uh, is going to end up. So in doing all that research, I uh, stumbled across a lot of resources on plant-based nutrition. And the first main book that I read uh, along this topic was the China study by Dr. T. Colin Campbell. And that was a huge eye opener to all of these things that I just touched on. And I realized, okay, I have the power to take control of my health. I have the power to do whatever, whatever I I have the power to create the health that I ultimately want to have. And so I said, okay, first thing I'm going to do is just follow what this science is clearly telling me to do, which was to cut out animal products. So I did that, um, overnight and I started following a plant-based diet. It was, uh, about a month later, uh, that I started stumbling across, um, things in, uh, um, in kind of the world of veganism. And I started learning about kind of the ethical side of our lifestyle choices. And I ended up watching um, I, the documentary Earthlings, which mm-hmm. just really, really shattered a lot of uh, kind of false beliefs that I had around, um, yeah, what it means to, to live kind of an ethical life. So I ended up going vegan, uh, but... Yeah, I'm very, I'm very much into uh, veganism for for all of the reasons. But uh, focusing on kind of a um, a healthy plant based lifestyle is a really uh, is a really crucial part of that for me. And mm-hmm. I know that there are there are many ethical vegans who don't uh, really care too much about what they eat. And, um, I would advise everyone to, uh, kind of take your nutrition seriously, regardless of kind of, um, what, uh, what general lifestyle or diet you follow. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, there are some people who just prefer to take the ethical side to that. And if that's what you want to do, that's perfectly fine. But I have, um, decided that, yes, I want to be vegan for the ethical side of things, but. I also really want to be sure that I am being as healthy as as possible with uh, my nutrition.
0: Yeah, and you know, I would also add to that that those who are ethical vegans, because I mean, many of them I would call friends. You know, if you really want this movement to go forward, be the model, right? So it's going to be not only for the animals and the planet, but you know, have people look at you as a model and say, "Wow, you're beaming of health." I want that too. So there's nothing here at loss, but if we're eating the processed vegan junk food, people are gonna look like you're no healthier than anyone else. Why go through the trouble of eating vegan food? You know, so I, I really feel yeah. like if they want to push the movement they feel so passionate about, feed yourself well. So you're gonna do yourself well and be the example that you want others to emulate. I mean, people are gonna look at you before they listen to you it's just the way the world works um but yeah i i I agree though you know there's so many reasons um earthlings and i'm impressed anyway you can finish the (laughs) the documentary it was challenging uh, yeah i i i interviewed um the the director of that and i just you know hearing and talking to i've interviewed a few directors of films like that and it's just hearing their story and their passion it's it's uh I'm impressed that they could also be on in in person and filming these type of things. It's, it is quite moving and it's definitely affected. You enter into health and then it builds upon itself. But you know, I had, when I was in the Air Force, <clears throat> I got deployed to the Middle East and I came back and I was having a lot of abdominal pain and like to the point that my kids can even hug me. And um, so I, I was seeing a physician and I go to my, some of my colleagues and they scoped me and I had six ulcers and they said, Lori, it looks so bad. We're a little bit worried that this could be, uh, you know, cancer. And just them saying that to me, I didn't even go through the, like, it ended up being just some, you know, regular peptic ulcers that I had to take medications and they were fine, but they scared me. So (laughs) just that, the like, this could be, a, we want you to be prepared. Um, I can't even imagine that actually being given the diagnosis at the young tender age of 21. I mean, I was in my late thirties at that point. I was just, I can't even fathom what that must be like to a 21 year old. So you said you entered that dark stage? Would you mind just sharing a little bit if you don't, if you're okay with that, just what mentally goes on. Cause we have always taught in medical school too. When you tell someone you have the diagnosis of cancer, stop there because they're not going to remember the rest of the conversation. So that experience is actually how we're taught as well. But
1: that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Would you mind sharing that mentally? What was going on?
1: Yeah, I, um, yeah, it's a little dark, but I didn't, um, I, I, I didn't really like have that much hope for my future, which was, which was a, it's, it was, yeah, it was strange to go through the process of, like, working really hard in school and, like, planning for your future. I was going through lots of job interviews, kind of, um, uh, in the spring semester of my junior year, heading into, um, kind of the summer, and I just was, like, planning my future and thinking, oh, I have so many possibilities. I went to a pretty good school, got, um, have a degree in engineering and uh, studied uh, finance as well. And I just, I had lots of options and possibilities. Mm-hmm. And then to go from all of that and feel like it's just kind of pulled out from under you. And then um, I, yeah, I, I didn't really have a good understanding of like exactly what the possibilities were in terms of like outcomes here. But I... I started wondering like, Hey, am I even going to get to graduation? Am I going to, am I going to graduate? Am I going to go uh, get a job? Am I going to ever have a family? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be able to experience these things that I just took for granted as being in my future? Mm. And that's a, yeah, it's um, I think it's difficult at any age. Um, but yeah, given given my age, that was a really difficult, uh, potential realization to to start thinking about. So I just, I I got I just went into a very dark place. I really kind mm-hmm. of um, I really receded from my family and friends. I couldn't pay attention to class when I went. Um, and I spent uh, a lot of that initial month uh, driving to and from tests and spending time in uh, oncology centers. So, yeah, it was tough,
0: you know, and i and i I asked this question because I really want to contrast that with now to you know, you went through the tests, you were given this diagnosis, you were blessed with the, uh, the best outcome possible that you'd already <laughs> dealt with it and was like, oh, all right, we're good. So the now that like that, you were so motivated to not do that again. Do you feel like this was your gift in a sense because it led you down this path and now you get to joy? Honestly, I find it such a joy to help others. And it sounds like yeah. you touched that upon that too. You had to go through that to get to this place. How do you, How do, how is that contrast with where you were to now? The, I'd love to hear that.
1: Um, I've given this a lot of thoughts and I... I can honestly say that uh, being diagnosed with cancer was one of the very best things that has ever happened to me, and yeah, it's crazy to to be able to honestly say that. And um, but but yeah, now I like it is. Um, I feel I feel really. Uh, passionate and on purpose Mm -hmm. with the life that I'm living right now. And it all comes back to the, that initial catalyst of change in my life, which was being diagnosed with cancer. And now, um, yeah, well, I, so yeah, I'm in a totally different industry than engineering now, and we can kind of talk about that transition, but, um, but yeah, now I, yeah, I get to help people for uh, I get to help people every single day. And that's been um, kind of going plant based and uh, kind of more importantly, in terms of life change, going vegan, mm-hmm. that's had a massive impact on my life, uh, how I view myself, how I view the world, how I view animals, how I view others, mm-hmm. um, how I show up every single day, just kind of on fire to help um, encourage change in the mm-hmm. world like that uh it's it's being diagnosed with cancer was really a a gift in disguise
0: mm. it's really fun honestly i love meeting young people who are have done this for gosh what are you nine nine years in ten years almost 10 nine, 10 years now since that Indian diagnosis blood-based? diagnosis oh um
1: yeah since uh since going vegan i'm actually it's going to be eight years in about a eight week years. Awesome.
0: so yeah so that's phenomenal so you're you know my oldest is 28 so like i i look at young people because all three of my kids are plant-based as well <laughs> those are some of them took a little longer on the journey others were forced yeah. upon them as, as teenagers <laughs> 10 years ago but um but you know it was it's such a fun place to see now as you know they've grown into their own life and having conversations i just it's so fun because you guys are going to impact so many thousands and thousands of lives over your lifetime and what your work that you choose to do. But not only that, but engineering and finance, some smart cookie sitting in front of me, so I'm mean, like, "This is some." I'm married to an engineer, and he's always telling me, "Yeah, well, I was an engineering major." I'm like, "Whatever, you got to be pre-med." That he's truly actually, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can, I totally attest. And it, were you mechanical engineering? Is that right?
1: Yeah, mechanical. Engineering. Oh,
0: okay, that's even one of the harder engineering. You know, my I always tease him. I was like, "You're just civil engineering." It's, it wasn't like you did. Oh yeah, those are fighting <laughs> words
1: in engineering school.
0: <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, it's it's fun to to get a, a little bit of a yell battle every once in a while. But um, but so yes, tell us how that transitions. So now you you're doing the research. You take it upon yourself for your own health. How did it evolve into you you're like you know what? I'm going to carry this message to others. And dive into the research and then make it available to people because I really, you guys, their their articles on their website are very well written, very well researched. I love them. It's one of the best ones I've seen, honestly, when it comes to the fitness world and how you guys present it. So how did that evolution occur? Um, and I'd and love to bring your brother into that story as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So yeah, I guess after I was uh, after I went plant-based and then vegan, I started following a, um, it doesn't really have the same kind of buzz around it anymore, but like an 80, 10, 10, uh, eating approach. So that just means 80% of your diet is coming from carbohydrates, 10% from protein and 10% from dietary fats. And kind of the philosophy behind that approach is that you're consuming, uh, basically only whole food, plant-based, uh, nutrition. So, I was getting lots of micronutrients in my diet. I was consuming tons of fruits and vegetables and I felt like I had my health in order, but I was still, I had started getting back into fitness after that experience. And part of that was fueled by just wanting to, Challenge the status quo when it came to veganism which is something you touched on earlier Mm -hmm. and i just i started getting like the little comments from my friends and stuff and they didn't they didn't uh really mean anything uh negative by it but just like oh yeah well it's uh like you're not gonna really be able to get results because you're vegan now but like yeah you want to go to the gym and (laughs) i started just saying to myself you know what I'm, I'm going to prove them wrong. And I really want to, I want to figure out, uh, how to build the body I want on plants. So I, um, yeah, to be honest, I was struggling doing that, uh, with a, a focus on just fruits and vegetables, a really high carb diet. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with carbs. I still follow a high carb Mm -hmm. diet, just not quite that high. Mm -hmm. And I just, Uh, decided to start doing I'd already done lots of Mm -hmm. research into nutrition and the importance of various micronutrients and really uh, making sure that you are fueling your body for health. But then I started working on doing research when it came to kind of more fitness based nutrition. So I started getting a little bit back into the fitness nutrition research but this time I wasn't looking at uh, bodybuilding.com or any kind of Mm -hmm. forums where anyone can post whatever they think Uh, I started diving into uh, articles on PubMed and starting to read uh, actual scientific research and long story short I did uh, a lot of research to uncover the fact that, yes, contrary to what some people within uh, kind of the vegan or plant-based world might say, uh, your body does need protein. And especially if you are uh, an active person, uh, especially if you're trying to build muscle, if you're an athlete, if you're active, your body is going to require a to require more protein. So I didn't need to consume the same amount of protein that I was reading about on, in bodybuilding magazines and stuff like that. But I started increasing my protein intake and I started seeing a huge kind of shift in my results from that. So I, I was doing that. And I also, uh, was doing some more research into training for, uh, for, building muscle and strength. And I just started kind of pulling all these pieces together and doing it through the lens of trying to balance, uh, nutrition and, um, like nutrition for my health and nutrition for accomplishing my, uh, my fitness goals. Like I wanted my body to look a certain way and I wanted to feel a certain way. So I started looking at how do I get all of the nutrition that my body needs while also fueling my body to accomplish my fitness goals. And once I started once I kind of cracked the code to that, my results just started totally transforming. And then I started feeling more confident and feeling like I was doing that through a a, a pl- through Um, the path of kind of activism when it came to to my vegan journey. Mm -hmm. So just like what you were saying earlier, I think that that really started. I I realized that I could spread veganism through fitness and fitness could be my own personal form of vegan advocacy. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so cool. And Mm -hmm. I started seeing that transform my friends and my family members and how they viewed my uh, new my nutrition and my vegan lifestyle. And I started inspiring some people. One of the uh, first people I inspired was my sister Elkie, and I eventually got her to uh, transition to a plant-based uh, uh, and then vegan lifestyle. And, uh, then I started working on my brother, uh, my brother honors. He, um, he went through the Marines and after he got out of the Marines, uh, he served in the Marines for four years. And then after he got out, he, uh, came back to, um, uh, where we live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And he moved in to my apartment and we had our fridge that was, uh, segmented into two halves. we had like, we had his meat half and then we had my just like plants and whole foods and stuff. And I was very diligent about making sure there was like a, a actual (laughs) air gap between, (laughs) between these, uh, food items because I didn't want any cross contamination. And I, I would just, uh, as brothers tend to do, I would kind of give him, uh, I would, kind of ruffle his feathers a little bit when it came to his <laughs> approach and uh, just kind of made some comments here and there. And he would do the same to me a little bit. And we just kind of go back and forth. And then one day he's like, okay, I'm, I'm done with these <laughs> comments. I just want to prove you wrong. He's, and then he said, I'm going to uh, go vegetarian and I'll just, I'll prove to you that I can do this. And then I want you to stop making any kind of comments because I'm going to give this a shot. I was like, okay, awesome. That's totally fair. <laughs> Let's do it. And uh, he kind of committed to doing it for a month. And he started losing weight, started feeling better, started just feeling healthier. And then one month became two, became three, became six, became twelve. <laughs> and after after uh, he was vegetarian for twelve months, he had dropped uh, fifty pounds, and he had just wow. felt he had felt he started feeling absolutely amazing. And, and then he's like, he was also into fitness as well. And then he said, okay, well, I really want to commit to doing my first bodybuilding competition and I'm going to do that as a vegan. So he ended up going vegan and he uh, did three months of prep heading into the bodybuilding competition. He was already pretty lean at that point. So he didn't have to get too much leaner for the competition and then he stepped on stage and he won everything except the overall in wow. in the uh, competition. So <laughs> then he's like, okay, there's something to this. And I, I want to continue doing this. And mm-hmm. he started, uh, he was really understanding at that point kind of the ethical side of it, the health side. And he just said, okay, this is what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward, um, about a year and we started talking about, uh, like I, well, I had, I guess, uh, around that time I had started kind of posting things online, posting articles. And I just wanted to, I was working as an engineer, but in, during my mornings, evenings, weekends, all I wanted to do was do research regarding plant-based nutrition and just share that with people. Cause I was like, you all need to understand this, because it has the power to totally transform your health, totally transform your life. And I had seen firsthand how veganism had really changed my perspective of the world. And I think for for anyone who's not vegan, that might be that might sound um, a little idealistic, but it's, it's really true. And uh, I think if you give it a chance, you you would see the same. But I just wanted to share that message with other people. And I just started publishing things online. I was like, I this is what I want to do in my free time. Like, this is fun to me. So I just started doing that. And then I started uh, getting people asking me, hey, do you do coaching? Can you help me out with this? Can you give me some advice? And I said, oh, yeah, I guess I, yeah, I can give you some guidance. And I would just start doing that here and there. And um, yeah, then just started getting more and more of those requests. And I had, uh, I um, asked my brother Anders if he wanted to uh, join me in kind of launching a coaching program uh, for people who follow a plant-based diet. And he said, yes, I'd like to do that. And so yeah, over the past uh four years, um, we've uh we've worked with over a thousand vegans uh in our one-on-one coaching program. We now have an outstanding team of people who um helps us do all the coaching and do kind of all the back end stuff and just yeah, helping to transform people's lives. So that's my that's really my mission. That's become my life's mission is just sharing sharing this message with anybody who wants to hear it and then people who, um, want to kind of take that next step in their own fitness journey, whether they want to kind of increase their, uh, confidence or self-belief or, um, lose those 20 pounds or whatever it is. I, I just wanted to provide a platform for helping other uh, vegans accomplish their fitness goals because I had seen firsthand how that had transformed my life and then really had a rippling a, a ripple effect in the lives of other people around me and I just wanted to use, give that gift to other people mm-hmm. and that's why that's why we do what we do
0: that's that's really awesome now is this uh, just online or do you have a physical gym as well
1: it's just online right now um okay. we're actually. We're in the process of uh, buying gym equipment, and I don't know what that will turn into uh, exactly. Okay. It uh, will start as more of like just a uh, a boutique like training gym, mostly for like content production and stuff like that. But we'll see where it goes.
0: Awesome, I, I can appreciate. It. We were talking a little bit earlier before we started about the whole launching businesses, and yes, yeah. <laughs> so I can totally appreciate every step of that. Um, so lots of. Lots of questions there I could go into, Um, but I think where the audience will be curious is that you said you kind of cracked the code, so to speak, where you started seeing your own fitness, and you already said you felt healthy, but then you started seeing your fitness goals coming into line. What was, what was the, how did you crack the code? Like, what is the code?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I guess, yeah, I'll go into, yeah, I'll go into some detail about like exactly what really matters. Um, So at the end of the day, if I had to boil it down to like three things, it would be energy balance. uh, So calories, basically. You don't necessarily need to track calories. So don't like tune out when I say that word. But uh, yeah, the research very clearly says calories matter. And I can expand on that if you'd like some more information. So um, making sure that you have your calories in check. And that matters regardless of your fitness goals. Um, I don't currently track calories. I haven't done that for a while. And there is a point where you can start focusing on a more intuitive eating approach. And my my goal with all of our clients is to not have them like track their nutrition forever. Like the goal is to Mm -hmm. I track to understand and then transition off of that. That's really that's that's what we uh, push all of our clients to do. But uh, calories matter. So that's the the first part. Um, Second part is protein also matters. So being sure that you're consuming enough plant protein to accomplish your fitness goals. That matters both for uh, losing weight as well as uh, building muscle. And uh, I would put building strength and athleticism within the same category of building muscle. But um, the reason that protein matters for losing weight and more specifically fat loss, uh, which is a really important distinction, is that um, your body needs protein to support your lean muscle mass. So if you're not consuming protein while you're focusing on weight loss, if you're not consuming adequate amounts of protein while you're focusing on weight loss, then you could have the experience of losing 20 pounds, but not really feeling like your body changed that much. Mm -hmm. So there's uh, a term called body composition, which uh, just means uh, basically like, what is your proportion of Uh, muscle mass to body fat. Like how much body fat do you have in your body versus muscle mass? And generally people want a body composition with lower levels of body fat and higher uh, levels of muscle mass. So this doesn't mean that you need to have the goal of getting really big and strong and jacked or whatever. But um, I think everyone, men and women um, both, want to, uh, feel, uh, for women, it's like, I want to feel strong sculpted. Well, those are all words that, um, kind of, uh, are, uh, in line with, uh, at least maintaining or potentially building some muscle mass while, uh, for some people reducing your body fat, uh, stores. So that's why body fat is important for weight loss because it supports lean muscle mass. And if you want to, Uh, lose weight, I would encourage you to shift your perspective there and focus on fat loss, not weight loss, because there is um, the distinction there is very important. And I have seen so many examples of people who focus on losing weight. And yeah, they see the number on the scale go down, but it's, it's not all body fat. you're losing some lean muscle mass along the way. And then, as I mentioned earlier, that could have the potential effect of really having the same body composition or basically looking in the mirror and feeling like you look pretty similar to what you did 20 pounds heavier, but, um, but you have lost those 20 pounds. So you should have seen your body composition improve. And that's why, that's why protein matters for weight loss. And, uh, there's so much research on protein requirements for building lean muscle. And most people who are focusing on building muscle understand the importance of protein. So uh, calories would be number one, proteins, number two, and then resistance training, understanding the importance of training with resistance. It doesn't matter if it's sandbags, if it's calisthenics, if it's resistance bands, if you're working out at home or working out at a gym, it doesn't matter if you're working with dumbbells, barbells, whatever it is, But resistance training is incredibly important for your overall health. So it supports your lean muscle mass and you can uh, focus on maintaining or building strength, which is especially important as you age. And uh, there's, um, uh, resistance training also helps you to improve your bone density. And that's something that I feel too many people overlook. So there are so many benefits to resistance training. There are lots, lots of benefits to cardio or cardiovascular training as well. But, uh, one, one other kind of thing that I would mention when it comes to weight loss is that cardio is not necessary to lose body weights. Um, you don't need to be spending hours on a treadmill or elliptical or doing whatever to accomplish your weight loss goals. And I I've done lots of cardio in my life. I've done an Ironman. I've done lots of running and everything. So I I've done my fair share of cardio, but I just uh, so I it's definitely something that I incorporate into my training and Um, I would just like to stress that the main benefits of cardiovascular training is for improving your cardiovascular health, uh, not weight loss. So don't equate cardio with weight loss. That's not, uh, um, you can do, uh, resistance training, um, on the whole is actually more effective for improving your body composition, regardless of whether you want to lose weight, build muscle, or improve your strength, athleticism, whatever it is. Uh, resistant training is more beneficial than cardio when it comes to improving your body composition. So I'm not saying don't do any cardio that is important. Uh, but there are lots of clients, um, that uh, most of our clients that we work with do um, some resistance training and do uh, minimal cardio. And we usually like setting a uh, step goal with our clients. So like uh, trying to hit 5,000 or 10,000 or whatever it is steps per day, that's a really great way to increase your uh, uh, caloric burn every day which uh, will have the impact of um, helping you to lose body fat if that's your goal. So those are the those are the three kind of main things that uh, that I would tell you are based by science. And one other thing that I tell that I that I really want to stress to everyone is that most tips and tricks and bad diets and stuff are really just it, it just wastes your time and your resources. And I I understand the, the uh, draw to uh, being pulled into those uh, different strategies, but at the end of the day, if you, whatever strategy you're following doesn't check the boxes of energy balance and protein intake and doing some kind of resistance training, then you're not going to get the most out of your nutrition and fitness when it comes to accomplishing uh a a change in the mirror and at the end of the day um most people really just want to everyone wants to just uh feel great and look great everyone wants to do that and that doesn't mean that you need to be focusing on a certain number on the scale in fact for many of our clients we just say hey we're not worrying about the scale there are other ways of tracking our progress and based on your relationship with your body weights we i we don't really feel like that's a helpful thing to be focusing on so yeah also understanding kind of what uh how yeah understanding that you are your um you are unique in kind of your your preferences your schedule The, um, the way that you, your goals, the way that you view uh, different aspects of your health and fitness journey. And uh, yeah, sometimes it's really, I think most of the time it's really helpful to uh, get some help along the way. Mm -hmm. So those are the three things that matter.
0: Are, that's fantastic you could honestly do an entire podcast just on one of those things um yeah you could <laughs> oh i'm sure you and i'm sure you have um i have okay i yeah. guess <laughs> exactly so let's go uh of course uh, energy balance calories in calories out makes sense i think we all intuitively understand that although a lot of people say oh calories don't matter in the plant world so, yeah actually they do um if you work enough with patients i mean I've been a doc for t- two decades, but when you in the last 10 years using less implants, then and people say, Oh, you can't gain weight on a plant-based diet. It's like, well, actually, yes, you can. Um, if <laughs> you're wanting to lose weight, so there's a lot to that. I, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying, but I'd like to get into the kind of the little bit more granular on your protein um, because people will ask. So I'm just, you know, for foresh- for foreth- thinking about in the future where people are gonna go to is like they like to get into the calculations of the macros. So what is your recommendation for, let's say someone who's wanting to lose weight and they're taking into account energy balance and the resistance training, where do you make those recommendations based on the macronutrients and how do you calculate that for someone?
1: Yeah, Uh, so we actually have a macro calculator on our website, uh, thevegangym.com. So I'm gonna give you some general uh, ideas right here. But um at the end of the day, like I yeah, I'll talk in in generalities right now, yeah. but at yeah. the end of the day, I couldn't know for sure without knowing exact numbers. And that's why we built the this macro calculator. Um, so you can check that out. But, anyways, um, it really comes down to how much you are training. Mm-hmm. Uh so the main point of protein is for um supporting well, there are lots of reasons your body needs protein, but strictly from a body composition perspective. So improving um, kind of your, uh, yeah, your body composition. um, You want to just be sure that you are getting enough protein to um, rebuild your muscles after you are engaged in some kind of resistance training. So that's generally how the process of, muscle growth works. So you engage in some kind of resistance training and your body actually breaks down your muscle and creates what are known as micro tears in your muscle fibers. And then your body goes back and repairs those muscle fibers with uh, protein in particular, uh, specifically amino acids, which are just the building blocks of protein. So you consume protein, your body breaks it down into amino acids, and then those amino acids are combined and transported to your muscle tissue in a way that supports the rebuilding of your muscles. So that's how, at a very basic level, that's how the process of muscle growth it uh, works, and the same goes for if you're just focusing on uh, improving strength, which is highly correlated with um, with uh, muscle size. Um, and so that's the that's a reason we are consuming protein. So I say that to um, to explain that there is a there's a a scale of protein needs based on the amount of training you're doing. So if I'm just going to the gym once a week and I'm doing bicep curls, I'm not going to need as much protein as somebody who's, uh, working out five days a week for about an hour doing, uh, squats, deadlifts, bench press, and some other kind of, uh, heavier compound movements. So there's a range there. So basically it, uh, We um, we look at the training duration, uh, specifically resistance training duration on a weekly basis for determining protein needs. And uh, that's um, generally kind of how it's uh, uh, explained in, in the scientific literature as well. So with all that being said, um, somewhere on the order of about 0. 0.6 grams to about 0. 0.9 grams um, per of protein per pound of body weight uh, per day is generally where people uh, end up falling. Um, and if you work out less than other people, you're going to be kind of at the lower end of that range. If you work out more, um, you're going to be towards the higher end of that range. Um, I, in general, uh, so I'm about 190 pounds right now. And I generally aim for somewhere around, uh, 160 grams of protein per day. And I found that to be kind of a really good spot for me to build muscle. So there's a general rule of thumb in kind of the bodybuilding world that you need to consume a gram of protein per pound of body weight. And uh, the vast majority of people do not need to be concerned about getting that much protein. Um, but on the opposite side of that spectrum, uh, the, um, the kind of baseline needs for uh, humans is about 0. 0.36 grams per pound of body weights uh, per day. That's um, what uh, the U.S. and Canadian Dietary Reference into, uh intakes recommend um is kind of like the uh the go-to numbers. So lots of people focus on that and say, yeah, your body doesn't need that much protein. That's true, but those numbers are based on survival, not based on uh fueling uh any kind of uh resistance training or body composition improvement or anything like that.
0: I think there was one study I can't remember, but it was a uh, leg muscle mass equated to actually decreased risk of Alzheimer's and Longevity and some other things. So it's just really the, we so ignore that. And women, especially, will go running or, you know, thinking the cardio, cardio, cardio is the way to go with weight loss when they should actually be, you know, thinking about moving their body and moving something heavy. And it, it could be something fun. Like I do boxing and Krav Maga um, yeah. three times a week, along with some other stuff. And I'm a runner. I love running too. But I found that as I'm, you know, getting older, and is here with what I'm doing, I actually enjoy more of that resistance type of movement and doing stuff anyway. But um, especially the boxing and you're hitting stuff, you're going to walk out of there knowing you did, you were trying to move a heavy hundred pound, (laughs) bag. you're going to feel it. And so some really good stuff there. And there's like weighted jump rope, if you want to combine you know, there's all sorts of stuff. I, I've had patients, you know, start with just pushups against the counter and then, you know, for a few minutes a day. And then they, before you know it, they're like, I can do 60 in a row. And I'm like, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. So, you know, you could start small. There's lots of ways to get started. So don't feel, you know, overwhelmed, like you have to have this perfect regimen. And I'm sure you work with all sorts of levels of people beginning a resistance training program.
1: Yeah, totally. So it's, um, Yeah. I really, I really want to stress that point. A few points that you brought up one, it needs to be fun. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you're not going to stick with it long-term. The Mm -hmm. goal of fitness and nutrition should not be, oh, I don't like this, but I'm going to make myself do this because this is what I was told is going to get results. No, that's, I I believe that's fundamentally flawed because the goal is long-term sustainable uh, fitness. Like the Mm -hmm. goal is creating a lifestyle not creating a diet creating mm-hmm. a lifestyle not creating some kind of training program that you don't look forward to doing every single day mm-hmm. and once you turn the corner there and actually are following a program that you truly love it's mm-hmm. going to change the game when it comes to your results so mm-hmm. i love how you brought up um doing doing activities that you just enjoy and mm-hmm. that that needs to be the, uh, kind of the foundation of your nutrition and your, uh, exercise. We, um, we ask all of our clients when they come into our program, Hey, what foods do you enjoy? What kinds of exercise do you Mm -hmm. enjoy doing? And then we build plans based on those things. Mm -hmm. And we, we have people who will say, Oh yeah, well, I love chocolate, but I know I'm not supposed to eat it. Like says who like, you're just yeah. You shouldn't like only eat chocolate, and you shouldn't right. you shouldn't have a thousand calories of chocolate every day. But right. let's work some chocolate into your plan. There's mm-hmm. no reason you can't do that.
0: I've got some stories on that. But go ahead, yeah.
1: <laughs> so so that part is really important. The the mm-hmm. um, making sure that you actually enjoy what you're doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, is just crucial. And then also uh, you touched on. Um, kind of aging and the importance of mm-hmm. uh, resistance training and and focusing on some of those types of activity and that is that is really crucial we've worked with clients uh into their late 70s and mm-hmm. it's really awesome to see um, older people taking uh, uh prioritizing mm-hmm. their fitness their health mm-hmm. and fitness mm-hmm. and I <laughs> My kind of ultimate goal is to, is to feel, feel great and look great for as long as possible. Like Mm -hmm. that's really, that's what I want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's, I want, I really want to have a lifelong commitment to being physically active, to fueling my body with nutrition that I know my body loves. And I also enjoy Mm-hmm. And once you have all those pieces together, it's amazing how easy health and fitness can really become. And it's not something that you feel like you have to do. It's something that you want to do. It's something that you get to do every single day. And that is that, that will totally transform uh, your perspective around nutrition and fitness. And it will also transform your results because mm-hmm. you're going to actually want to be doing it uh, every day and consistency at the end of the, uh, at the end of the day is really the number one driving force behind results. So yeah, those are two things that I just wanted to clarify.
0: Those are fantastic things to clarify. It, it almost, I love how you say, it's almost like you're changing the language. Once you start s- changing the languages of, it's kind of like people say, you know, I'm trying to quit smoking. You know i'm really struggling you're like i'm trying to quit versus like i don't smoke like they both maybe smoke two packs a day they have the same quit date but someone who is more likely to sustain it's like i'm not a smoker like they no longer identify with that activity versus this is you're now identifying the activity you're like i get to do this i can do this i'm excited to do this but the language is versus i have to do this i you know that's those resolutions never stick if yeah. you haven't changed the identity but that totally. was really true. But but going back to the chocolate and the potato, I gotta talk, I got a chocolate yeah. stir and a quick potatoes with Okay, patients. cool. Let's hear it. I have some of the funnest conversations. I had this one lady, all sorts of health issues, diabetes, hypertension, you name it. And for the life of me, I was like trying to get her, you know, try a plant based diet, thirty days, ninety, whatever. She goes, but Doctor Marvis, that means I have to give up my chocolate. I was like you can have your chocolate. She goes, can I have one small piece? And I was like, fine. And so she did. And also she continued her one piece of dark chocolate. We went to dark chocolate, vegan dark chocolate. And she did fantastic, lost weight, felt good. And I have another patient more recently who um, type two diabetic, struggled to lose weight, you know, da, 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 the whole story. um seeing her on plant based health. She ate. <laughs> just air fried, uh, tater tots every single day. And she's lost like 70 pounds, reversed her diabetes, normal A1C off insulin. (laughs) And I'm just like, I just love that so much because it's just like, she, you know, she started getting leaner, leaner, leaner. Um, She had a lot of weight to lose. She's kind of cut back a little bit on the tater tots because she's eating quite a bit of tater tots, but here's someone who just, (laughs) they weren't, you know, oil fried, but they were air fried, but still, so it was just really fun to see her being able to say, I reversed my diabetes eating tater tots, you know, but it was yeah. a healthier version, yeah. but it was really fun to see that she was able to enjoy it. snicker to herself when people say, oh, you can't have that to eat that. You know, it was just, it's just really fun. You're absolutely yeah. right. You can still enjoy <laughs> these foods. Um, maybe with the moderation and some of them, but absolutely healthier versions. But yeah, I love that. Um, that's fabulous. The and the and the last thing would be, I guess too, I had a question would be like, what type of things for someone who's just, you know, looking into starting a resistance training, where do you tell them or where have you found that a lot of people find some success and not get too stressed? Like how do you kind of approach that beginning so, just to help people start thinking if they don't reach out to you? So guys, check them out though, the vegan gym.com. But what other advice would you give someone starting something?
1: Yeah, um I if I were to go back in my fitness journey, the first thing I would do is get a coach. And yeah, we run a coaching program, um you can check it out, but I don't care if you work with us or someone else or whatever, but just like get um if you are really kind of overwhelmed by the thought of like, oh, I need to do this research to understand what kind of training I should do for my body and I have Maybe this physical limitation, or my goals are specifically this, and I don't know how to like create a training program around that. Um, I would I would really recommend just having somebody in your corner who can kind of guide you along that process. That would um, the the main reason that I would have found that to be beneficial when I first got started is that I did lots of things wrong in the beginning. It's not that I did things that were necessarily detrimental to my, my body, but I was training in a way that wasn't fully aligned with my goals and wasn't really efficient. So Mm -hmm. when I first started training, uh, over a decade ago, I was doing two hours plus a day, six days a week. And, uh, sometimes seven, like I didn't really understand, uh, some of the fundamental parts of, of training. And I just, um, I got some results but in the I could have condensed the last 10 years of results into three if I actually was doing stuff correctly from the beginning and yeah. I guess we all have various experiences like that in mm-hmm. various uh, aspects of life but but um yeah if you're if you're feeling overwhelmed like having that support having that accountability is is really helpful uh, so i would would recommend that but as a um if I Yeah, I would in general recommend people who are getting started, just start with like, start 30 minutes a day, three times a week and focus on um, lighter weights or focus on resistance bands. And don't, don't compare yourself to other people or look at if you decide to go to a gym, by the way, you don't need to train in a gym to get results. You can do everything at home. But uh, if you decide to go to a gym or something and you're looking around at other people, or if you're training at home and scrolling through social media and seeing other people, um, just understand that uh, always keep in mind that um, you you shouldn't in the first place compare yourself to others, but don't ever compare your day one to someone else's day 1000. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people do that and it's discouraging and it also it's just not helpful at all so it's like don't don't compare yourself to others start with um lighter resistance whether it's resistance bands or weights focus on form and nailing your form and if you don't know how to um i i think youtube is a great uh source for uh form videos there are some that aren't that good but Uh, generally, um, the ones with higher view counts are kind of a little bit, um, typically are better resources, but really focus on dialing in your form. Um, you're going to get a lot better results with, uh, focusing on form over weight or Mm -hmm. total resistance. So that's another thing I messed up is I just went straight for like, oh, how do I lift heavier and heavier and heavier and, I was compromising my form and that's not, uh, that puts you at risk for injuries. It also doesn't give you as uh, good, um, it doesn't give you as good of results as you would otherwise, if you had been focusing on form. So yeah, my advice would be, um, Hey, if this is like daunting to you, get, get a trainer, get a coach, get someone who can guide you through that journey. um, And then also, if you're, especially if you're starting out and you are doing this on your own, Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: focus on just developing a routine and just say, Hey, like you can even start with one or two days a week, but just say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, do resistance training at this time every single week. I'm just going to show up. I'm going to do it for 30 minutes and I'm going to, uh, just build that consistency, I, I think lots of people make the mistake of going from uh, couch potato, which is like zero miles an hour. And then just like mashing the accelerator <laughs> and trying to go zero to 100, like right out of the gate. And yeah. that is only going to set you up for uh, burning out. It's going to set you up for potentially getting injured. And it's just not going to set you up for success. I much rather see you just start slow and start building momentum and, uh, just building that over time. That's, what's going to, uh, be much more sustainable. And then, yeah, don't be, don't be concerned about what other people are doing and just focus on your own journey. That's, Mm -hmm. that's really important. Uh, we also tell our clients all the time, Hey, there are going to be days that you don't want to train and that's okay. You don't need to hold yourself to a an exact uh training schedule the goal is being consistent most of the time the goal is not 100% consistency so we tell our clients uh hey you if you're not feeling like uh doing exercise on a particular day just make a 10 minute commitment just get put your running shoes on if you're going on a run uh grab your gym bag if you're going to the gym just make the first steps to uh, further solidify that as a routine in your life. But if you get 10 minutes into your workout, and you're saying, hey, I'm really just not feeling this. Awesome. Just just go and show up for the next workout, uh, whenever that is in your schedule. And, um, and don't worry about uh, not doing everything in a particular workout. So again, like I'm not 100% consistent. And this is uh this is like what i do for for work and <laughs> life and everything and and i think that's really important to understand for again the the ultimate goal is the long term sustainable uh plant-based fitness journey and that does not require 100% consistency it doesn't require giving up your favorite foods it doesn't require doing exercise that you don't enjoy um mm-hmm. making sure that all of these things are aligned is what's going to get you
0: results mm-hmm. 100% agree with every single word that's come out of your mouth today. <laughs> it's like, I love it. So it's uh, oh. really, guys, you really, and trust me, I have a long fitness journey myself. I've always been active with active duty, military as runner and, you know, all those things. And then as, as a physician listening in the science, it's all very, very, very good. So you guys, if anyone, I, if I had to choose, you know, someone to send someone, check them out, the gym.com. I'm super excited. Hopefully, I'd love to see franchises around the world. Vegan gym. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fantastic. Let me know. My best. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> Talk about the business side of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's really cool to see. Like I said, I, I love, one, you're entrepreneurial. Two, you're taking your mission and you're making your life's work. And that just will make you you know, wake up each day and just have a joyful living. I mean, it's just, it's going to be fantastic. So love it, love it, love it. So um, thank you again for all your time. I know we went over the <laughs> lot of time, but there was so many questions. I really that enjoyed I
1: all this. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But, but you guys check them out, thevegangym.com. And plus you also have a really great Instagram. I love that too. You were talking about form. You guys have some of the cutest videos where you have someone doing it wrong and you like- yeah. <laughs> pull them out of the frame or do something. So it really gets your attention. So very entertaining and very educational informational uh, stuff. So definitely check those out too. And that's uh, vegan, it's the vegan gym at vegan the vegan gym, right? On Instagram. Yeah,
1: everything is uh the is part of our name. Uh, so so yeah, it's the vegan gym.com and at the vegan gym uh for social media. So gotcha instagram and we're also yeah we're pushing more into youtube because i like i want to do more uh kind of science-based uh kind of plant-based nutrition topics in particular Mm -hmm. uh through the lens of like practical fitness uh information and uh that's something that we're trying to do more of on youtube as well so you can check that out if you're interested
0: absolutely and uh we're building our youtube presence as well so definitely guys check it out if you saw this on youtube Head on over, subscribe to the Vegan Gems YouTube as well. So thanks, thanks again, Lay, for your time and expertise and sharing your incredible story. It's, I just find it so fascinating. So yeah, I really (laughs) appreciate
1: it. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go though, please hit the subscribe button and the alert button so you'll be notified whenever we release any new videos. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find us on all the major platforms, such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. If you're looking for amazing resources to help you start a plant-based diet, sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, or anything wellness, we got you covered there too. We actually provide physician-led support groups to help people live happier, healthier lives and free from metabolic disease. Don't forget to check out our website and thanks again for watching. Thank you.